If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open to Mark chapter 1. For our sermon today, we're going to be going from verse 35 through 45. As you turn there, I just want to kind of remind people, in the handout in your bulletin, there's a sermon notes section if you want to follow along. There's fill in the blanks and space for other notes, questions you can ask after service or when you get home. So keep that in your pockets. But Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 35, I'm going to read the passage and pray, jump right in the sermon. Hear now the word of God. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, for a proof to them. And he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in the desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Thus ends the reading of God's holy, inerrant word. May its truth be ever written on our hearts. Let us pray. O Lord, we come before you thankful that you have spoken and have revealed yourself to us. Lord, help us to see Christ in this text and to find ourselves in him, knowing that he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So last week, we saw a day in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, specifically a Sabbath day that he spent teaching in the synagogue and healing late into the night. And here he wakes up the next morning and he doesn't wait. He doesn't sleep in. He goes out to a desolate place in order to pray. Last week, we talked about how Jesus had a new kind of teaching a teaching with authority. This week, we will see that Jesus has a new kind of ministry. And we will see that Jesus' ministry brings cleansing. In this passage, we see the work of Jesus' ministry and the goal of Jesus' ministry. The work of Jesus' ministry and the goal of Jesus' ministry. In verses 35 through 39, we see the work of Jesus' ministry. After a busy day teaching and healing, he wakes up early. He went out on his own and spent time in prayer. Prayer is a primary part of Jesus' ministry. For Jesus, getting away to talk with God was more important than the sleep he lost or the breakfast that's not even mentioned. For Jesus, getting away with God was the first thing to do in the morning. 
Martin Luther famously said whenever he had a busy day, he would wake up extra early to give himself more time to pray. I think Jesus followed that model for us here. There is wisdom in committing your early time in your day to prayer. It settles your soul and allows God to give direction to your life. And that's really what Jesus is doing. Jesus is getting his marching orders from God the Father. But then the disciples come looking for him. Because the crowds are looking for him. But Jesus wasn't concerned about growing the crowds in Capernaum. And developing some big following. Because that's not what the Father sent him to do. No, verse 38 says, he says, let us go out to the next towns that I might preach there also, for that is why I came out. The King James Version says, For this purpose I came forth. The New International Version says, This is why I have come. Jesus is saying the reason he has come is to preach. Jesus was not sent by God the Father to be a lawyer, He did not come as a scribe or a scholar. He did not come as a farmer or a businessman or a global leader. He came as a preacher. The Lord Jesus spent his ministry preaching. He spent his earthly years proclaiming the kingdom of God. He taught what scripture meant, not as one of the scribes, but as one having authority, according to verse 22. Jesus was a preacher, commanding people's attention, answering their deepest question, and drawing them to the beauty and wonder of their creator, calling people to repent and believe the good news of the kingdom of God. This is the work of of Jesus' ministry, praying and preaching. His priority was not on healing and casting out demons. His priority was not doing miracles or feeding the hungry. Jesus' priority was praying and preaching. We see that in this text, and we see that throughout his earthly ministry. His miracles and his mighty works come from his praying. And they serve to support his preaching ministry. Everything else Jesus does really just serves to support his preaching and his praying. I'm not neglecting that Christ ultimately came into the world to save sinners. That God sent him that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But the primary work he committed himself to during his active ministry was praying and preaching. Jesus did not spend three years up on that cross. He didn't spend his ministry ruling and reigning like he's doing right now at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. No, he spent his earthly ministry going about, preaching, and praying. Mark shows us that the work of Jesus' earthly ministry was the work of praying and preaching. And let me just say... If that was the work that Jesus primarily devoted himself to, we should expect Christ's ministers today to devote themselves to the same thing. The primary thing I'm called to do as a pastor is to spend my time praying and preaching. 
Because that's what Jesus did. And each of us called to make disciples are called to spend our time praying for others and proclaiming the good news of Jesus. That's the Christian life. All of us are ministers in Christ's body, following Jesus in this. But between verse 39 and 40, there seems to be this big shift. Mark goes from this section describing the work of Jesus' ministry into a whole different story that may, to many of us, just seem unrelated. But notice he doesn't really separate them. The beginning of our passage, verse 35, began with a new day. He wakes up in the morning and goes out. The entire passage we looked at last week was a single Sabbath day in Capernaum. And in the next verse after ours, chapter 2, verse 1, which we'll look at next week, it begins a new section back in Capernaum. But here in verse 40, Mark just continues with the word and. Mark doesn't separate the story or say it happens in a different place. He doesn't separate the story of the leper from the passage on prayer and preaching. This is meant to be one passage. Jesus prayed and went about preaching, and now a leper comes to him. So why did Mark go from Jesus preaching in Galilee to a leper? Well, think about what's happening. Verse 39 says Jesus went through Galilee preaching in the synagogues. And then in verse 40, the leper comes to him. So somewhere along the way, this leper heard Jesus. Or maybe he just heard about Jesus. But he hears of this authority that casts out demons and changes lives. And guess what? He believes. The leper hears about Jesus and believes that Jesus can fix his problem. I mean, look at what he says in verse 40. If you will, you can clean me. If you will, you can cleanse me. What a beautiful line. You see, somehow this leper has heard about Jesus and what he's capable of doing. Maybe he has heard Jesus is preaching himself. And he knows that Jesus has the ability that Jesus can heal him, that Jesus can cleanse him. But he also knows it's not up to him. He comes on his knees, like bowing down to a king, and says, if you will, you can cleanse me. This leper who has merely heard about Jesus believes. And he believes that this Jesus, this man, this preacher, this prayer, this healer would have the power to make him clean. This leper knew himself to be unclean and believed Jesus could fix it. There's a brief lesson to be learned right here, which we'll come back to in a moment. But it is when someone realizes that they have a problem that they can't fix. It is only when someone realizes that they are unclean and unable to clean themselves that they will need someone else to clean them. The leper only comes to Jesus because he realizes he has a problem he can't fix. The same is true for us. It isn't until we realize that we have a problem, that our sin is a problem that we cannot fix on our own, 
that we come to Jesus and trust him to change it for us. It is only, if we are totally accepting of our wrongs, if we are totally accepting of whatever other people do, then there is no problem to be addressed by Jesus and no need for a savior. But we'll come back to that. For now, I want us to focus on the leper in our text. You see, leprosy is a horrible and disturbing disease. After visiting a leper colony, Shuck Swindoll says, quote, I saw stumps instead of hands, clumps instead of fingers. I saw half faces and I saw one ear instead of two, end quote. You see, leprosy is a debilitating and disfiguring disease. We praise God that due to modern medicine and vaccines, it has all but been eradicated from the Western world today. But with a disease, we normally use language like healing or cure. With a disease, we talk about making it better. But Mark doesn't use that language here. We know he knows what healing is. In verse 34, right before this, Mark uses the word for healing. But in this passage, Mark doesn't use the word for healing. Rather, four times he uses the language of cleansing. Cleansing is an important theme in the Bible. It is a repetitive motif that exemplifies something of God's holiness. You see, cleansing in the Bible often captures the idea of ritual purification. You see, God is so perfect so holy that he cannot be around imperfection. Anything that is imperfect, anything that is unclean, cannot enter the temple, cannot enter the presence of God. It is written in the scripture, what can darkness have to do with light? Just as darkness cannot stand to be around the light without being completely viscerated, without the light breaking through and destroying the darkness, so too our sin, our imperfection, cannot stand to be around God without his holiness breaking through and destroying us. You see, Mark is assuming the Bible's teachings on leprosy. You may not know this, but the Bible actually says an awful lot about leprosy. Leviticus chapters 13 and 14 have a long series of laws regarding leprosy. And it clearly says that a leper is called unclean, that he is unable to enter the temple, the presence of God. And in fact, it is commanded that if someone has leprosy, he's to walk around his community yelling, unclean, unclean, so that anyone else who hears it can leave and not be infected. You see, leprosy is a type of uncleanness. But throughout the Bible, physical uncleanliness like leprosy is a model for moral uncleanliness. In Leviticus, the chapters on leprosy are in the midst of a series of chapters on ritual impurity. Things like leprosy and blood and bodily fluids make someone unclean to enter the temple. A few chapters later, there's a parallel section about moral impurity. Issues like eating blood or killing someone or sexual immorality or greed or injustice 
likewise makes someone unclean and unable to enter the temple, unable to enter the presence of God. And just as certain things defile the body, like blood, sickness, and leprosy, so too certain things defile the soul. Things of sin, like our greed, lust, arrogance, pride, our sin, our lack of love, like leprosy, makes us unclean before God, makes us unclean to enter the Spirit. And so, leprosy is just one of many things that makes us unclean. And so here's the thing. We all struggle with uncleanness. Before God, all of us have fallen short. All of us are broken and hurting. There's no person in this room, no person on this planet who does not struggle with immorality, who does not struggle with lust or pride or greed or lies or whatever else. There's not a person who of their own accord is perfect like God is perfect. And so we need to be cleansed. And that's what Jesus came to do. That is what Mark is showing us here. The goal of Jesus's ministry is cleansing, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, to heal us like he healed the leper. Brothers and sisters, this is our story. We are the leper, and what Jesus came to do is to cleanse us. Jesus's ministry brings cleansing. This is what the cross is all about. For what can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For this my cleansing is my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this is what it's all about. The reason why Jesus died on the cross was to be a sacrifice that we needed, to be the cleansing blood that sets us free. He makes us right and at one with God so that we can enter before him. For it is written in Hebrews chapter 10, quote, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, since we can enter the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over us who is Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed pure with water. You see, the way to enter the presence of God, the way to come before your heavenly Father is to be washed clean by blood and by water. This is what Jesus came to do. The goal of Jesus' ministry is cleansing, to wash away all our unrighteousness. And because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, we can have confidence that we can enter the very presence of God that we will be with him for all eternity. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-9 through 9 read like this, quote, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, 
and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1, 5-9. I read this to you because the Apostle John says that Jesus came to cleanse us from our sin. And he says, if you say you are not a sinner, if you think this doesn't apply to you, you make yourself out to be a liar. You know what liars are? Sinners. So this applies to you. But Jesus did come. Jesus died on that cross. And through his blood, there is complete forgiveness. And if you repent, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. That's what he says. Jesus doesn't want you to remain in your sin. He doesn't want you to remain in your iniquity and your uncleanness. But you have to come to him. That's what the leper shows us. Remember the leper says in verse 40, if you will, you can cleanse me. The leper realizes his uncleanliness before God, and he believed that Jesus could cleanse him. Have you? What unrighteousness do you need to be cleansed of right now, today? Maybe you're struggling with addiction and no one knows. Maybe you're filled with anger at the world or the constant news feed going on. Maybe you're in a relationship that God would not want you in. Maybe you're a gossip or a liar, or maybe you're just irritable and resentful. Maybe you're lazy and slothful. Whatever it is, Jesus wants to come into your life and bring you cleansing. But notice that Jesus doesn't just say to the leper, you're forgiven, you're cleansed, you're accepted, now go keep being a leper. No. Verse 42, the leprosy left him. In verse 44, Jesus says, go and do as the law commanded. Brothers and sisters, Jesus' cleansing changes us. It washes away the unrighteousness, but then enables us to move forward in righteousness, to go and do as the law commands. I think this is where a lot of Christians get messed up today. We like the forgiveness, but we don't care for the change. Could you imagine the leper came to Jesus asking for cleansing and Jesus said, you're cleansed, and he walked away still being a leper? It wouldn't have been that helpful to him. Yet people think they can come to Jesus and not be changed by him. We want to feel good and we want the forgiveness, but we don't want the change. The person who spent time embezzling money wants to know they're forgiven, but they don't want to have to pay back the money that they took. The person who's in a relationship that they are not to be in wants to be forgiven for going against God's commands, but they don't want to end the relationship. This text shows us that Jesus can cleanse us, change us, and make us new. Which means 
we no longer have to be defined by our sin and unrighteousness. This means we no longer have to be called those things which are against us. This man is no longer a leper, but is a testimony of what Jesus can do. So too, with every true Christian, we are no longer what we once were, but we are now a testimony of the exceeding greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. A few of you know, last year, right after we moved in, our basement started flooding. There was a root or something backing up the sewage between the house and the road. So whenever we flushed the toilet or ran a shower or did laundry, it backfilled into the basement. We first noticed because we went downstairs and these little carpet squares that were down there were soaking wet. So we got out all the carpet squares thinking that we just fixed the problem. But the basement kept flooding. There kept being a bigger and bigger mess. It was redundant for us to keep cleaning until we fixed the root of the problem, until we got the sewage line cleared so that the water would drain correctly like it was designed to do. (coughs) The same thing is true for us. Jesus wants to clean everything in our lives. He wants to help carry the carpet squares up, but only if we fix the actual problem. And that's what he came to do. He came to clear the drains, to make us work the way we're designed to do. Brothers and sisters, Jesus doesn't want to just come pick up your dirty carpet squares, but he wants to fix your problem so that everything in your life works the way God designed it to, the way it's supposed to. And so if you come to Jesus for cleansing, he'll help you with the carpet squares. He'll address whatever problems you are actively having but only if you let him fix the underlying condition of sin in your life. Jesus wants to clean up every part of our lives, but in order to do that, he needs to address what's making the mess in the first place. And that's exactly what Christian ministry is still working towards today. Jesus' ministry is the model for all true gospel ministers, all good pastors, even just everyday disciple makers like each of you. Jesus' work is the same kind of work we are all called to. The work of ministry is to pray for people and to preach Christ. But only Jesus can bring the cleansing. The leper heard the preaching and came to Jesus for cleansing. You see, Christian preaching is meant to bring people to Jesus, but only Jesus can bring the cleansing. Brothers and sisters, I cannot cleanse you of any of your sins. I cannot absolve you of anything you've done. I cannot give you right standing before God. No pastor can. No minister, no person, not even yourself. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can wash away your sins. Only Jesus can make you whole again. The only thing I can do, the only thing any preacher can do, is point you to Jesus and tell you to run. The reason why you need to hear preaching and the reason why I need to be praying is that you might be led to Jesus. But the cleansing comes from him. The change comes from him. And this is the goal of all Jesus has done, that you would go to Jesus. Jesus's ministry brings cleansing. Will you go to Jesus today? Will you cry out to Jesus for cleansing? He wants to cleanse you. He wants to make you whole. For what can wash away your sins 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your Son, an all-sufficient sacrifice for our sins, who cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Lord, turn our hearts and minds to him. May we rejoice that we are cleansed. May we go about as the leper did, telling everyone we know of what Jesus did for us. May we know that we are not just forgiven, but we are changed and made able to continue in the ways of Christ forevermore. May his will be done and his kingdom come in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.